So I was completely shocked at how you deal with your customer that way. And, and I said the journey I was on, I'm, I'm still on the journey, to listen to your customer and listen that what they want is not about selling, it's about finding the solution. And as, as you said earlier about the condition, there is a very good statement I use, which is we are born to win, but conditioned to fail. We are all born winners. Sam says it's about finding the solution. It's not about selling. We still need constant reminders, don't we, about how we should be treating customers, how we should be listening to them, and how we should be relating to them using our own emotional intelligence. Sam shares his very interesting story and experiences on his own journey towards a better emotional intelligence and why today he's qualified to be helping others in improving theirs. A fascinating journey, that's for sure. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Thanks for coming, Sam. Good to see you. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me. Oh, no, that's brilliant. Uh, you're a fellow podcaster. I can see you go on a lot of podcasts, which is great. I wish I was actually getting on a few more as well. But... Um, I'm really looking forward to your story. I Obviously, I've looked on social and read a bit about you, but I'm really interested to know how it all got started, you know, the beginning. So I'll ask the first question I ask all my guests, which is tell us a little bit about yourself, meaning where were you born? Have you moved around? Where were you educated? What did you do there? your first job, your career, and then we'll get into present day and we'll deep dive into all the wonderful things you're doing today. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested. I know that you're an expert in emotional intelligence, a subject that interests me a lot, so we can have a good chat about that. And, um, yeah, Sam, over to you. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me to be on your podcast. Well, uh, my journey begins in... Uh, Karachi, Pakistan, which is uh, a country which has been uh, had an Independence Day tomorrow, 14th of August. Wow. I believe it is almost 50 plus year, uh, but I, I'm not 50, well, I'm 50 years old, but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I would say I left, uh, I was born in Pakistan, uh, specifically the city of Karachi, yes. uh, and I did my bachelor degree. Uh, in Pakistan, I completed. Uh, I started a business in Pakistan in the IT sector, uh, right. which was uh, doing uh, all sorts of IT-related tasks, uh, selling and uh, selling and sorting out users' issues and everything, and making sure that everybody is on the same page in yeah. regards to support and everything. And uh, then I got married in 1996, uh, which has started a new journey for me and yeah. I left Pakistan and came to UK in 1996. 
that that wasn't like a, a, quite a big uh, uh, change of my uh, journey. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, I came here uh, and joined my first wife because she was British and oh. from Pakistan. So, well, she's from, uh, her background is uh, from Pakistan. Her father was a Pakistani. So we met in Pakistan and uh, we introduced to each other and then we found that this is the right thing to do. So we right. got married and we settled, I settled in, well, uh, in, in, in the UK. So my first visit to the UK was uh, well, uh, south of London, which was uh, Collier's Wood, uh, yes. Back, uh, Mitcham, Statham Well. These were the areas I came in. And yes. as we all started to embrace the culture, embrace the accent, embrace the other things, so I picked up Cockney and started uh-huh. as my <laughs> dialect. And uh, so still, uh, it was quite an interesting journey, I would say. Uh, well, I can say it now, it was a very interesting journey, but uh, yes. back then it was quite uh, uh, challenging, the word I'm using, uh, and I will say why I have now changed that word to adventures in my further um, story. Yes. So 1996 was the era I came to UK and joined my first wife, and arriving in the UK was the... Uh, bank holiday, May bank holiday, and it was uh, completely grayed out, the country. And I said to my, at that moment, wife said, oh, wow, what a beautiful day. What a romantic day. And she looked at me and said, you must be joking. I said, no, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> a man who lived in a country with uh, uh, sunshine every day for yeah. almost 25 years. Yes. Coming to a country which does not have a sun, it's 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 definitely a romantic day for me because <laughs> <laughs> under the sun. So it was like, okay, you wait and see what happens afterwards. And yes. then I did actually embrace it that the sun was not to be seen in the UK, and every no. day same day, and it was raining, it was uh, uh, pouring down, and um, but you know we all uh, have to embrace it. That's the yeah. best way forward. If you don't embrace it, you will find it more challenging to mm. ascertain yourself with your life going forward. So as my background was in uh, informational technology, IT, uh, yeah. uh, looking for a job was challenging in the beginning as uh, whatever uh, applications or whatever softwares or whatever experience I had in IT, I superseded a lot of people over here. And I really what I was looking for. So I have to start from scratch here Gosh. in the UK. And, uh, and, and I was, luckily, I was very good with uh, my typing skill. So I was 60 word per minute touch, touch typist. Yes. So I found a job which allows me to just do drafting of letters in the Department of Social Services, the report writing and everything at that time. So I thought, let's begin the journey. Mm. And so I started my journey here with that job, and I'm privileged to be part of that job. And increasing, because as you have that experience of where you're coming from and what experience you have, you started to interacting with people about your skill sets and people started to say, 
you know that you should be in that job or that job. Your career should yes. be here or there. Yes. So I found uh, uh, maneuvering myself from different jobs to different jobs, and ultimately I went straight into my dedicated area of IT right. after after three years while and working. What, what 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 kind of area was that in IT? So I was in the sort of a, a customer support area oh, where right. I was supporting customers with any problems with their desktop or laptops or any other issues they're experiencing. So oh, I was on the phone and says, Sam, I got a problem. Can you help? Can you help me? And I'll say, I'll help you on the phone or I can connect to your computer or I can come and see you. So you can yes. offer me a biscuit so we can have a quick chat as well while I'm sorting out your problem. Yes, yes, yes. So the journey begins from there, and I started increasing my education and a couple of other things in regards to that to get more uh, into different level of uh, my career ladder. Yes. And, uh, and I went to from, uh, from a, a desktop support to a, a leader to a manager position during that period of time. And I increased myself into different categories in terms of how I look at life in different, generally differently. And yes. uh, one notion is that uh, the community which I came from, uh, we have this uh, uh, motto that's called work, no word, which means that we have to serve, do service to others without saying a single word. You just do the job, you just do the task, and whatever task has been assigned to you, just do it with yes. a smile on your face. You do not question. You just yes. do it. Yes. So I'm part of that community where we are being doing voluntary services uh, and we've been helping in different areas of different lives. Within our community, I was being given an opportunity to work in a, a, a project called a Lifelong Learning Project, where I used to do a coaching to a lot of people in that. And that's where the coaching started in my my blood, that this is very good. I'm very good at with talking to people. I'm very good at with listening to people. Yes. But listening part is also one another thing, as I will bring it that in the conversation that, yeah, we said we are a very good listener. Are we? Mm. Uh, because we learn a lot of things during our own journey. And uh, listening was one of those things. I felt that I'm a good listener. It turns out that I wasn't a good listener. Yeah. I was a good fixer. I can fix things. Yeah. And always have a head of fixing a lot of things. As a man, we become fixers instead of listeners. And that where I found a lot of uh, uh, challenges in my, my personal life. And that's what affected me in different ways that I could not uh, communicate with my ex-wife or she could yes. not communicate with me correctly because right. I tried to fix everything. Yes. And I learned a very good lesson in that. And then I become uh, what I call it a journey on my journey of uh, to become a counselor, to become a youth coach. During that phase of going through, understanding where, where the career is like for me. What is yeah. my career? What is my uh, purpose in life? Mm. These are all things started to unfold to me. Uh, emotional intelligence on the side, as we talk about further down the line, emotional intelligence is one of those things which came to me in 2007. 
And I was uh, been handed over that book called Emotional Intent by Danielle Goldman, by one yeah. of my friends. And she says, Sam, I think this book is going to be good for you. And I said, really? I looked at the book, turned on two chapters, and I says, not now. I left it uh-huh. on the book, bookshelf. And uh, that come back in 2016, that book again in my hand. Right. That's the journey begins of emotional intelligence. Now, that period... Okay, so hold, hold, I'm, I'm going to hold you there. Just pause for a second because I feel we might be going a little bit fast. I just want to backtrack a little bit. On, you mentioned that you were doing youth coaching and you became a counselor. So, did you get like training and qualified in those areas, or was it just a progression naturally in the job that it happened? It happened to, yeah. So, there were two things happened. And, uh, is a natural progression while I was doing a lot of work within the sector. But mm. I did went for my qualification in, in counseling and right. also in uh, uh, learning in adult education as well. Right. So those qualifications, I was continuing gathering those qualifications in understanding that, yes, I have experience, but qualification is a good thing. And during that phase, while doing youth coaching and everything, I started a charity called Empowering Youth with one of my friends in the in the London area, right. where we are talking to all the youths in the school. Even though we were not being given any uh, donations or anything like that, but we were just putting in from our own pocket. Yeah, just voluntary. To the school in that capacity. Yeah, but this all came about by you doing the voluntary work in your community, correct? Correct. And were you still at the same time continuing with your job in IT as well? Yes. 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 That's the full so, time you job. A, so you were kind of doing this at the weekends or in the evening or? Um... So within my IT job, uh, because I was working for a quite a good firm, uh, they had a dedicated a voluntary capacity within right. the company offer to communities. So I put my name down to be part of that. Yes. So the youth coaching or connecting with the school came from that particular area where I was being told that, Sam, we need you to do this sort of activity with uh, young children or uh, our youth who are going for interview skills or they are need to look at their CV or anything like that. So I was engaged in those sort of things. So I was part of uh, Slough Grammar School. I was part of a couple of other Twickenham Grammar School and a couple of part of schools which were in part of West London area because yes. I was living in West London at that time. Okay. Uh, so that continued from that journey. But within the community, because we every weekdays or week uh, weekend we have some sort of communication with different departments within the community. Yeah. We used to get a chance to work in the lifelong learning sector where we've been dedicated, given some people to work with. There will be youth as well as there were quite uh, old people as well in there. So they're looking yeah. to find what is lying there for them to engage their mind in, yeah. in learning new things, in yeah. learning new things. 
So that's what includes that while doing a full-time job, even though having children as well, trying to serve the community, serve the family, it was all going full on at that time. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Okay. Great. So now we're in 2016 where you got the book Emotional Intelligence again in your hand. Mm-hmm. And what, what did you do with it this time? Put it back on the shelf. <laughs> no, 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 no. The story is started from here. So um, I, fin- I got divorced in uh, 2013 uh, because uh, we did not, the work, it did not work out my marriage with my, my last wife. Uh, we have three beautiful children. Mm. Uh, I'm a father of three beautiful children. My older, older daughter is 21. And I have got a set of twins. They are 17 years old. So they are all uh, uh, in their uh, teen, teens, yes. I would say, maturity. Yes. Um, but when I got divorced in 2013, it was very heartbroken because uh, uh, as a father, I was always there for my children. Yes. Uh, even though working tirelessly hard, I never turned a stone in terms of I was not present for their birthday parties or their friend birthday parties or dropping them to school or collecting them from school or making sure that they were I was there in the weekend with them so I was there and it suddenly happened that my ex decided to ask for divorce and I said yeah sure go for it Um, I I did not uh, fuss about it because there were a lot of things happened during that period which were not in anybody's favor at that time and I felt you know that's the right time let us move on with life and uh, she decided to move from London to Birmingham, take my children there. Right. And, and I was actually, every weekend I was traveling back and forth to collect them and drop them and collect them and drop them sort of things. Yeah. And, and that's when we decided to sell the, the home, that's when my journey started to unfold that what is going to be the next course of action I need to take. Yes. So 2015, we sold our property, which was uh, on our boat's name, and we decided to split the cash. Yeah. And I decided to leave the country for six months because it was too much. Things were going on in 2015. I left the job. I decided to go to my 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 friend, my family back in Pakistan, which I yes. never visited for eight years. Uh, during that period, my mom passed away. My dad passed away. Uh, my my. Wow. My few other uh, uh, aunt and uncle passed away. I never visited them. Oh. Uh, so that was another area which uh, uh, I wanted to, you know, go there and trying to spend time with my, fa- my family, my brothers. It was a big vacuum in there. Yes. So I went there and I met, also met my, my very best friend as well, who is, who is a trainer over there in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And because I was only the one there, he says, Sam, you know what? Instead of sitting at home and uh, waiting for me in the evening, why don't you come along with me to all my trainings? Right. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. Why not? Let me jump on. How we yes. learn something, new things. And that's where it begins the emotional intelligence journey. And he right. was expert in emotional intelligence and he was teaching emotional intelligence. And I said, do you know what? I read the book. Actually, I read two chapters of this book. I said, you read two <laughs> chapters? I have the whole course designed on that book. So why don't you just jump on the course with me? Yes. So that journey begins from there. 
and started to learn about emotional intelligence. But when I came back in 2016, I wanted to dive further into emotional intelligence. Yes. So I went into British Society of Psychology and completed the two level on uh, understanding the psychometric assessment of emotional intelligence. Right. And that's what I completed. And I'm, I'm a certified psychometric assessor for emotional intelligence. Wow. Uh, as well as DISC, yes. which the majority of people use DISC as well. So I'm, I'm fully certified for both of them. And I help individuals with emotional intelligence as well as DISC if they're looking to identify what are their area of strength and development. There is no such thing as weaknesses because we are learning all the time. Yes. That's how my journey begins with emotional intelligence. Wow. And so where, when you came back to the UK, what year was that again? 2016, January. 26, yeah, 2016. So about five years ago and uh, just over five. Where did you move to this time? So I finished off with my uh, main home. Mm. I moved to North London. Right. And that's where you are now? No. I moved from North London to to Birmingham now. Right, okay. So you're yeah. closer to your kids now? Yeah, I'm close to my kids, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. That's really good news. So okay. 2016, I moved to North London. Hmm. 2017, I moved to Birmingham. Okay, brilliant. So emotional intelligence. So you arrive back in the UK, says, I'm certified. and how how did you then get started? What happened next? Well, that's another journey in terms of how you interact with people, how you connect with people in terms of emotional intelligence. A lot of people, when you talk about emotional intelligence, people are still unaware of this mm. subject because we talk about IQ, which is intelligent caution. Mm. Well, are you intelligent enough to understand the requirement of the project or the requirement of the task which I've given you to complete. Yes. Oh, yes, I am. Are you emotionally intelligent? What is that? Yeah. Or somebody says something to you, are you going to take it as it is, comes to you or are you going to defend yourself? Yes. Are you a good listener? Are you going to listen to the person, what they are saying to you or they are going to, you are going to say, you know what, you just do your job, what you are asked to be told to do instead of listening to the person and says, how can I help you as I can be in empathy for you to me to listen to you mm. as what is going on in your life yeah. without any judgment, putting yeah. any reservations or anything like that. Now, we went through COVID. We are going through with COVID. A lot yeah. of people have lost their jobs. Yeah. Been on how many people are being interact with a lot of people and saying, oh, by the way, you know, you are being followed. How are you doing? Yeah. How many people have asked that question? Mm. Not many people have asked that no. question. So emotional intelligence is all about self-awareness. Mm. Your self-awareness. Not yeah. everybody else's self-awareness. Your self-awareness. Once you master that about your self-awareness and what makes you content, what mm. triggers you? in a different ways. Yeah. 
when you listen to somebody or when you are on the road and somebody cuts you off, how do you feel about it? Are you going to swear at that person? Are you going to make a big uh, honk on them? Mm. Yeah. Or you just smile and let it be. Yeah. That comes with the self-awareness pillar of emotional intelligence. Mm. These are the element of emotional intelligence, the self-awareness, self-regulation. Then you come as motivation, empathy, and social skills. Mm. These are all connected to each other. They can't be disconnected from each other in any ways. If you are self-aware, you're going to have a self-regulation means self-management of uh, decisions you're going to make. Yes. So you are a leader or you are a father, for example. Yeah. Come in the, you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready for your workplace and suddenly your daughter drops a juice on your trousers. <laughs> How are you going to react? Yeah. Are you going to be shouting or are you going to be saying, be careful next time, darling. Mm. It has to go to work. Or, or you're going to be started saying, you know, there's one thing I'm telling you, you don't listen or you don't do it sort of mm. things. It means you are not uh, have self-awareness in yourself mm. because you are picking things from somebody else. Somebody else's energy is triggering you something. Or your own energies, which is you are suppressing in yourself, yeah. is coming back. Yeah. And that's where the self-regulation piece comes in. So self-awareness, self-regulation, and then motivation. Once these two, two first two uh, pillars are in aligned with it, you become so self-motivated. You will start to do things with smile, with encouragement. You always talk about positivity. You look at outside, you say somebody says to you, for example, uh, is, uh, uh, it's going to be 19% chances of sunshine. Mm. Looking at saying that thing is come out as, so there is 71% ch 71 chances of rain. No, no, look at 19% rain. Mm. There's chances of 19% sunshine. Mm. But we do not look at that. We always look at what is negativity. Terms yeah. of how you articulate, and the way you start articulating your making sentences and everything, the way you say, people will listen. People yeah. will say, "Oh yeah, I can understand what that person is talking about." The way you say to things, like I say to you, if I'll give you a command, Michael, can you do this for me, please? Or I will not say please. I'll say, "Can you do this, please?" Or not, mm -hmm. and you'll say, "I'll think about it." Mm -hmm. But if I'll say, "Would you be okay?" If you can kindly do this task for me, mm. this is the two different sentences. Yeah. And it comes with self-awareness and self-contentment and everything comes to you. And then you'll say, okay, your person is talking and person is connecting. And you started to engage with people uh, conversation and people start to listen to you because they yeah. feel that there is some sort of a connection. Yeah. And I mean, something... Actually, it's something you've hit a nerve, really, because self-awareness, where you say it or where it starts. Um, one thing that is true, um, that we're conditioned when we're younger by our parents, by our teachers, by, the, by our peers, by our siblings, by 
you know, the media, by the news, by social media now. You know, so we we grow up being conditioned by all of these different factors. And when you get later in life, you wonder why you're a miserable person or you're not choosing the right kind of language, as you're suggesting, in communicating with people. And, you know, some bad things happen. Relationships break down. You lose your job or something else happens, you know. And slowly, slowly, the kind of onion is peeled and you're now starting to look at yourself and kind of go, there's only one person in this room and it's me. So what's wrong with me, you know. And when you when you realize that there is some conditioning that's taken place, you can, through that self-awareness thing, I suppose, start noticing when you fly off the handle or you react to that driver. I'm I'm a cyclist, Sam, so I, I'm a Dutchman and I cycle. I love cycling. But there are no cycle paths in this country, not many, in some city centres, but not in the countryside. And the roads are very narrow as well. So there's not much room for a cyclist and a car to, to be side by side. The car has to pass the bicycle. And car drivers, because although Britain is a Olympic champion in cycling, they didn't do as well this year, but normally for the past decade, they've won every medal going. But not that many people really has gone up a little in co during COVID cycle, right? So car drivers have no comprehension of what it's like when a car goes full speed past you. It's a real shock. There's the draft of the wind and, you know, there's the noise. They get very close. You, they have no concept of what it's like because they don't cycle themselves. They haven't experienced it. And it's been something that I've really struggled with. I no longer, this is how far I've come in the 40 years that I've lived in this country, over 40 years, I no longer give them the middle finger. I've stopped that now, right? I'm almost, almost stopped shaking my head, going, you know, Stop shaking my head when they do it because I'm hoping maybe they see in their reverse mirror that I'm going like this, you know. At one point, instead of showing my middle finger, I was showing the thumb down, um, you know, saying how bad it was. And, and in fact, sometimes it's got me into trouble too. Um, so I haven't been pushed off my bike yet by anybody, but. But now, and it's only in the past kind of six months or so, because I've been studying something similar, but not exactly emotional intelligence, but it's related. And, you know, it's back to that awareness and kind of going, God, look at me reacting to that. And slowly, slowly, I'm just kind of chipping away at it to reduce it. But it's not easy, Sam. 
Not easy. It's not. I'll give you a give you a simple scenario. Um, you will be completely uh, blown away with the scenario. So uh, you are expert in your skill sets. I'm expert in my skill sets. Uh, I'm still learning. We are all learning. We can't say ourselves uh, expert until we know that we are an expert, a certain degree. So DIY, I do DIY in the house, but uh, guttering or uh, uh, sort of things is not my forte. Uh, mm. I'm not interested in those sort of things. So we will invite in specialists to do the jobs, correct? Mm. So I call in and a specialist. I say, listen, I got a problem with the blockage and I need this to be sorted. Yeah. The guy said to me, yeah, yeah, Mr. Dosa, that's fine. We will send somebody who's going to unblock your things and we will get it all sorted. We'll yeah. spend about three hours and we will do this, we will do that. I'll say, okay, that's fine. So I sent uh, the guy, sent an engineer, engineer arrived. He looked at the problem and says, well, well, it's not going to be fixed now. I said, okay. But you just looked at the, you assessed the sh- issue. So you say it's not going to be fixed now. Instead of uh, telling me, uh, he says, well, it's going to cost you this much money. I'll say, okay, that's fine. But but for this time, you're supposed to spend three hours to sort out this issue. He says, well, I can't do it. I'll say, okay, I need to speak to your boss because I'm not going to be paying you because you just spent 15 minutes and you're asking me to pay you the entire amount. So I called into the boss and boss, if you are a, a genuine business owner, you will listen to your customer, mm. correct? Mm. Instead, what he did, he just started swearing at me. Right. Left and center, you will start swearing at me. And I was mm. just listening, and my wife was standing next to me and said, Sam, why are you not retaliating? I said, well, why should I retaliate? Because this person does not have emotional intelligence. Yes. He's not looking at his business as a long, long, longer term. He's looking at the shorter term in terms of we'll just get the money and goodbye. Yes. So he swear at me for almost five to seven minutes. And end of the day, I said to him, listen, you want your money? I'll put your money in your account. I don't want your services. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And I contemplated that scenario for whole night. And I said, I should make a complaint about this. Mm-hmm. So I call in the morning and say, well, I call somebody in to do this, this, but I need to make a complaint. So I say, okay, uh, we will put you through to the director of the company. And yeah. guess what? Who was that? He's the same person. Oh, yeah. He says, uh, I'm extremely sorry. I would like to call you yesterday to say sorry to you the way I behaved on the phone. Mm. And he said, listen, uh, are you a family member? Are you a family man? He says, yes, I got children. I said, okay. That's how you talk to your customer. I'm not an expert in guttering. I'm not expert in those sort of things. Mm. You should have said to me that, Mr. Dosa, my engineer has assessed the shoe, and I think we can fix it for you, but it's going to cost you this much money. Mm. Would you like us to start the work? Instead, you started swearing at me, shouting at me, and expecting me to know the solution. If you ask me, come to my office and sort out my office issues, which is a conflict management or some sort of issues going on, Mm -hmm. I'll say, yeah, I'll come and do it for you because I have some expert in this area. I can help you. And if you go ask me and call me and say, come and fix my 
air conditioner. I said, no, it's not my area, mate. I'm not an air conditioner engineer. Mm. So I was completely shocked at how you deal with your customer that way. And yeah. I said the journey I was on, I'm still on the journey, to listen to your customer and listen that what they want. Mm. It's not about selling. It's about finding the solution. Yeah. And as, as you said earlier about the conditioning, there is a very good statement I use, which is we are born to win, but conditioned to fail. We are all born winners. Mm. You are the one who conceived in the mother's womb. If you would not have fought that millions of sperms, mm. you would not be here. You yes. are the one. Yes. But since then, we've been conditioned to a lot of things, and we are still been conditioned. Still, an adult, we have been conditioned to a lot of things. Yeah, by the society, by the government, by everybody else. It's your own responsibility how you see things, as how they are coming towards you, and you say whether you're going to accept it or whether you say no, this is not acceptable. Thank you very much. I'm not interested. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fascinating so experience. Yeah, so and. And it's it's interesting how you know, especially the customer supplier relationship. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've travelled to the US. Um, I've travelled to the US not not recently, a while ago, but I, I was there a lot. And the kind of customer service ethos, you know, if you go into a restaurant or a bar or in a shop totally different from the experience even today in in the uk it's it still has so much to learn on how to do it you know how to listen and how to uh, at first you kind of think all oh, these americans they're really corny you know have a good day and all of that but actually they really mean it <laughs> Because they come from this real kind of service ethos. They really, really do mean it. It's not just a flyaway comment. Um, so I've, I, you know, I used to notice that a lot. And I like, like you said earlier, in my kind of early roles, I was in customer service too. And I used to get, I was in the textile industry. And I used to get, um, people in the London East End um, on the phone to me, and you've lived in London, so you know some of the characters in that part of the world, you know, how aggressive they were, and oh, my God, I sometimes had to hold the phone this far away from my ear when they were shouting and screaming at me. But then after I just put the phone down, they rang back and apologised. And so... You know, this flying off the handle and reacting instantly to things. And we see it on social media every day. I'm guilty of it too. You know, I admit I'm guilty of it too. You just get drawn into a conversation or something that's happened in the news and you just want to vent and kind of go, what? And and you can easily see when people get drunk and they say things online that later they really do regret. Um, because the conditioned response is out of control then. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, we have so many subliminal languages 
or so many messages coming up on our screen, which we don't know, don't see that because that just goes straight into our brain mm. and it just changes our brain chemicals and we can't react. Simple example is that you're watching a TV in the night with your, your spouse and you suddenly see an ad comes up on your screen saying, indulge yourself with the happen does. And you says, well, I feel like having an ice cream. Yes. Go to the freezer and get out the ice cream tub and by the end of the movie to finish the tub. And then, yeah. then you started feeling guilty about it that I had a whole tub. Yeah. And I had to start looking after my calories. So these are the things, these are the things mm. that happen yeah. within society, within the culture, within a lot of things that's happening. Mm. We we are we are not going to uh, get rid of those things, but we can learn how to create boundaries as going mm. forward. The boundaries that you see yourself there can you do not break those boundaries. Because end of the day, you are the one who will be the one who will suffer. Your spouse is not going to suffer. Yeah, yeah she will suffer actually with your imbalanced emotions. Yes. All right. We men are being told that we can't, we don't show our emotions. Mm. That's the fact, and that's the condition. And if you mm. remember your childhood, if you remember your childhood when you were growing up, and if you fell down. Nobody will bother about it because you were a boy. Mm. Yeah? But yes. if the girl falls down, everybody will start carrying her and say, oh, darling, you fell down. Or, you, should be, or, you should be watching the this and that and then cuddling. And that's a different conditioning. Yeah. A boy has been treated completely differently as a girl, mm. vice versa. And that's the conditioning from the outset. You grow up. You started showing your emotion. People look at you and say, what you talking mm-hmm. about? Why you are so weak? Why you mm. are so weak? Mm. Uh, yeah. You are not supposed to show emotions. We have to suppress our emotions so we can have uh, a testicular cancer. We can have heart attacks. We have diabetic. We are uh, high blood pressure. Mm. We have depression. These are because we are suppressing all our emotions. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the biggest issue, or I would say the. The, the cancer of the society we as men we carry ourselves. Yeah. Because if you show your emotion in front of your spouse, your spouse will get, no, 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 you are a man. Be a man. Man up. Yeah. Man up. Man up. Mm. Because then, then you'll say, oh, I have to man up. Then you started angry, angry uh, your anger comes. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't be angry. No. So he says, well, I can't be angry. I can't show my emotion. What the heck do I do with my emotions? Okay, yeah. let me suppress it. Let me suppress okay. it. Let me suppress it. And one day it blasts it in a different ways because it's mm. created, it's, it's in your body. Yeah. If something goes not out from your system, what is going to happen? It'll suppress. Yeah. Come out in a different ways. Yeah. And suddenly one day you are just pop dead and says, Oh, what a good man. He just passed away. Yeah. He was mm. suffering inside. Nobody knows what was going on inside. Mm. So that's another area which is important with emotional intelligence. And I said to a lot of people, I said to a lot of my customers, I said to them, it's better out than in. Yes. Let it be out. Mm. Yeah. Let it be out. 
girls who are suffering with uh, their uh, uh, menstrual cycle. Mm. As though I have a period twice a month. You know, you got emotional issues. Mm. Oh yeah, there might be a diet issues. There might be something imbalance going on in your body. Mm. But a lot of things are related to issues. You said us as men, we have scars on our skin or something like comes out on, on our body. Mm. But we are suppressing a lot of emotions. Right? Yeah. Not taking it out. And then these are the things which happens to our disease in our body. Yeah. And when you talk to your uh, uh, man, another man, you know, about this emotional intelligence, they hide behind the facade of being very strong and everything. Mm. Not realizing that they are actually dying inside. Yes. They want somebody to listen. I have an episode like I was sitting in a bus. I was sitting and somebody next to me just start chatting with me. Talking, 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 talking. Mm. I did not say a single word. I was just listening. Yeah. When he finished, he says, oh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Right. That's it. Go on. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So Sam, how 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 are you working with your clients? I mean, how do you find clients? Um, how do you work with them? What what's the program that you deliver? Do you go into companies? Is it one on one work? Is it teamwork? Tell us a little bit about that. So I do one to one coaching uh, sessions with my uh, clients. Yes. I get clients via LinkedIn and word of mouth. Yes. In terms of how I, because emotional intelligence is a quite a, a niche area. Mm. Well, sometimes it is required people to understand. If you start talking to a mechanical engineer, this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? I have no idea about emotional. I want mm. to fix things. I'm a fixer. Yeah. So you can't actually get into their mindset in mm. terms of being. Even though they know it's very important, but they shut it down because it's you know I'm not interested in going into emotion. Is my if if my my marriage is going in a in a in a, a pile of dirt, let it be. I'd yeah. rather be interested in that. So there are, there is always a distinction between how people. But right now, uh, in this present moment, a lot of senior executives are looking into emotional intelligence at the moment because they are looking at that as a very pivotal uh, tool. Yeah, to work with different people in different areas. I give the example of a sales team. If the sales director knows uh, emotional uh, trait of each and every salesman in his company, mm. he will be able to direct the team in a different ways. Mix yeah. two people with a different skill set, saying, "Okay, you have a very strong uh, dominance in the area, and you have very analytical part. So why don't the analytical part?" Capture all the requirement of the of the customer, and you as a dominance, you can deliver it to capture the business. Yeah. So looking at those sort of different areas, and you can develop those areas between team members as well. So sure. that member also not being left out, and so I'm always doing this. I'm not giving an opportunity to do that. But you know that your team has what learning development areas and where their strengths are. So mm. you can actually balance those things to articulate your business going forward. Yeah, that's where, but that's where the the, the essence lies lies in terms of gaining the confidence in your product or services as well as in your team. 
to deliver the better results for the company. Yeah. No, that's that makes a lot of sense. Um a lot of it is needed in this country, that's for sure. And well, not only in this country, around the, oh, around around the world. world. Yeah, around, around the globe. world. Yeah. I would say, because different cultures look at differently. Mm. If I will talk about India or Pakistan, they look at their their employees as their, their servants. Yes. Completely servants. Like, if the mm. boss comes at, let's say your, your job is supposed to start at 9 o'clock, which you yeah. did. But you can't finish at five o'clock or six o'clock because the boss is sitting in the house in the office. Right. The time boss goes from the office, then you finish. Whether he will be sitting there for eight o'clock or he might be sitting at the ten o'clock. <laughs> you still have to sit there. So you are not respecting the humans or no. human behavior. You are looking mm. them as just a servant. Commodity, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's why a lot of big companies look at employees as just a number, mm. not an asset or ambassador. I said another example of you have got a marketing team and you've got about 100 people in your marketing team doing the marketing jobs and XYZ thing. You've got a very big, large company. What about your employees? Are they not supposed to be your ambassador buying your goods, yeah. buying your services, taking care of all those sort of things? Or you are looking for somebody else to do it for you? First yeah. of all, why don't you make sure that your company employees are your ambassador so mm. they can be talking, walking, and uh, screaming, talking about the company's services and product instead of you hiring 100 people to do the job. Yeah. When you only got a big uh, people in your company who can do the same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean... Yeah, there's so many lost opportunities in that way. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, it's it's a shame, you know. But where do you see if if you said, or let's say, um, hundred percent? Okay, let's take a figure. Hundred percent. If hundred percent of everybody are aware of emotional intelligence, right? They've they've absorbed it. They know what to do. They're living their lives. They're treating people with you know, good relationships and everything. And then, where that would be a hundred percent. Where do you, in your opinion, let's just talk about the UK, for example, because that's where we're talking. Um, how far forward are we in this country with becoming more aware of emotional intelligence and using it in our day to day lives? What kind of percentage out of 100 would you say? I would say 20%. Right. Okay. 20%. I mean, that's taking on board <laughs> right at the beginning, looking at the sunshine and the clouds. <laughs> that's 20% positive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that means that's, that's good news. And, you know, you're partially responsible for helping that. Um, and there's a long way to go to. <laughs> there is no such thing as not learning. Learning is everyday learning. You're learning from yourself. You're learning from your colleagues. You're learning from your siblings, your children. Yes. Learning. But again, if you need to have that open mind to learn. If you yeah. have that mind where you said, you know what? I know everything. You yeah. are not going to be going forward in your life because people will look at you that an arrogant. 
People mm. look at you as an egoistic person. People look at you as, a, oh, yeah, he got answers to everything, but he does not do anything. I, um, I heard a, a very famous, um, what? I don't know what I would call him. Let's call, uh, well, he's a doctor, but he's also uh, a coach and he looks at health, mind and body. Uh, and you know who he is. Um, yeah. Dr. Deep, Deep, Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra, yeah. Deepak Chopra. And he was interviewed on a, on a program, like a documentary type thing uh, called One. And in in there, he was interviewed, and he started by saying, "My name is Dr. Deepak Chopra. Um, I'm still learning what I'm going to do when I grow up." <laughs> you know, so you're right. We every day is the school day. Other people say as well. You know, we're we're always having to learn and grow, and and I mean, in fairness. I didn't start learning properly about myself until like was about 17 years ago. You know, I didn't start learning, learning <laughs> once I left school. <laughs> you know, I learned very little at school. I wasn't a good learner. It was only once I left school that I started to learn. So fascinating. Sometimes sometime we started to also do unlearning. Because we have learned so many things, we started to unlearning because yes. the conditioning which has been put onto us. Yes. If I were, if you as a man, as I as a man, will be remain a man, living in the society of men domination, mm. we have to act like men. We have to treat a woman as a woman, mm. not anything else. And say mm. you have the not the right space or right thing as a man. So you stay wherever you are. You are not going to be given this opportunity mm. to shine. Because only men can shine. But because we have taken a path to unlearn those societal norms and we come out from that arena and saying, you know what? No, this is not right. You know, I, I can be a better uh, human being. Yes. I can be aware of myself. What makes me content and happy inside because happiness is an inside job not an outside job no no it's an inside job yeah you need to be content here yeah you spread the word of love mm. or the spread the love more and more because you'll say you know what i see things and you also have acknowledged things like people who are are begging on the road on the street yes there is a story behind. Yeah. We can't judge a book from its cover. No. Because we can't judge a person while he's, yeah, a lot of people say that a lot of stories about, oh, yeah, or oh, they have a big balance and they have this, they have that. Yeah, I've, I've read the story. I've seen the story. I've seen the uh, clippings in the newspaper and everything, the videos and everything. Yeah. But you can't categorize everybody. In the same box. No. Yeah. So everyone has a story, different story. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Different circumstances. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's yeah. why I do this podcast, Sam. Absolutely. Beautiful. <laughs> to you. hear those wonderful stories. <laughs> so 
Sam, how can people get in touch with you to, you know, to be coached by you or go on one of your programs or how can they find you? Yes, uh, very simple. Uh, all, all, all social media. My uh, handle is Coach Sam UK. Coach Sam UK. Yeah. That's easy. That's easy. Just search for that and you might be end up on my podcast. You can end up on my YouTube channel. You might end up on my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Snapchat, and my um, what's called uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah, yeah. That's the latest fashionable place to be. It is. Although I have to say Twitter. Twitter, yeah, yeah. Spaces are doing a good job too. Yeah, very small. <laughs> but very Clubhouse small. have got the, you know, the kind of disruptor advantage, haven't they? They've got yeah. the disruptor advantage, very much so. The green room. Have you heard about green room? Yes. Now, Spotify. Yeah, I'm very okay. interested in that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Too much because, going on. Because there you can record it and turn it into a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Sam, is there anything else that I haven't got out of you that you want to share with everybody? You know what I will say, uh, Michael, thank you very much for inviting me to share my journey. Uh, one thing which I would like to uh, share and leave it with you for your audience is start living in the moment of bliss and happiness. What has happened to you was a journey. What is going to happen to you is going to be a journey. Let's make it a beautiful journey going ahead. Wonderful. That's a lovely statement to to leave the this interview. I really appreciate you coming on, also sharing your story. And you're in Birmingham, so I'm not far from Birmingham. So there's no excuse now. Um, often when I get guests on, I say, "Well, maybe if you're in the UK, come and say hello. Or if you're in the Midlands, you give me a call." Uh, but we're both in the Midlands, so. We must promise then to meet up for a hot drink and a piece of cake uh, right. in the middle of Birmingham. And now that we can do that, there's no excuse, right? Otherwise, also been saying, you know, to people, well, once it's all over, then we'll meet up. <laughs> but I can't say that now. I've I've got to do it. So I'll I'll buy you a, a coffee or a tea and a and a piece of cake uh, soon, Sam. Thank you. It was really a pleasure to meet you in Birmingham sometime. Definitely. Okay. I'll definitely stay in touch with you on that. Thanks so much for coming. All the best for now and hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.